Hey folks, I'm Philip Morgan, and this is the Consulting Pipeline Podcast, where we talk about building your consulting pipeline through positioning, education-based content marketing, and marketing automation. I am constantly talking about positioning yourself or your business as an expert. This idea of expertise really relates to positioning in a number of ways. Positioning, of course, is very much about narrowing your focus. When you do that, you implicitly, or even better, explicitly, present yourself as an expert on whatever it is you've narrowed your focus to. You, and when you do that, you kind of match up with a mental pattern that most people already have installed in their mind, that someone who has a narrow focus must be an expert. In professional services, positioning is also about positioning yourself or your business as the best and most effective solution to some kind of expensive problem. And when you do this, you also imply that you have at least some level of expertise in solving that particular problem. Professional services is also really uh, very much about trust, you know, developing trust in your potential clients before they agree to work with you. So what are we really asking those clients to trust? Well, we're asking them to trust us to do what we say we can do uh, and will do on a project and to follow through on that reliably. But even if we don't make a big deal about it, we're asking our clients to trust that we have an above average level of skill. And we might even use the word expertise when we're talking about uh, why our clients should trust us. So all these aspects of positioning and and developing trust in possession in in professional services really bring up some questions about what expertise really means. What does it really mean to call yourself an expert in something? This question is particularly particularly relevant for me because as as I speak to you right now I'm in the middle of launching something. To give you context and by the way this is not meant to be overtly self-promotional. I've put together a positioning group mentoring program. It's a small program. I'm taking on 10 people only, and it's a very small launch just to my email list and a few friends' email lists. But let me tell you, nothing attacks the foundations of my own confidence quite like building a thing and exposing it to the world for the first time. And what's interesting about this is no one has to criticize me or make fun of what I'm doing or, uh, you know, otherwise attack it for it to feel like a failure. They just have to ignore it <laughs> and it would feel like a complete failure. And how hard is it for a bunch of people to ignore something that shows up in their inbox? I say this about what this little launch I'm doing to give some context to the question of expertise. The premise of this mentoring program is that I have expertise in positioning and some people are going to be willing to pay me to get a higher level of access to that expertise. So here I am in the middle of this launch and I'm finding myself questioning my own expertise. So it again brings up some questions. Is an expert defined by how much they know about a subject in some absolute sense? If so, uh, does that information need to be relevant? Could memorizing a book on chemistry from 100 years ago make you an expert? Or is, expert, is expertise not about absolutes, like how much you know? Is it instead defined by how helpful what you know is in light of some goal? 
So, you know, if the goal is to send people into space, then I think experts in the like the, geolo the geology of Antarctica would not be very helpful uh, in light of that goal, while experts on space travel certainly would be. Another question is, who decides who is and is not an expert? Is it the expert themselves, some external authority, or just anybody? Who decides if a heart surgeon is really an expert heart surgeon? Is it the surgeon themselves, the American Medical Association, or is it you? So let's dig into some possible answers to this question. This is really kind of a meditation on expertise more than anything definitive. But what I do know is I know I'm not the only one who faces this question. Other people have told me too. They uh, wonder if it's okay to call themselves an expert. And if so, what's the criteria for calling yourself an expert? And And again, the larger question is, how this relates to positioning. So in the context of professional services, I think expertise has some very specific qualities. The first is, I think it is defined based on context. It's not an absolute uh, measure. And I think one of the main purposes of expertise is to reduce risk for your client. So in terms of um, context, I think expertise is definitely uh, measured and defined in a relative contextual way, not an absolute way. It's not about how much you know. It is about the context in which you apply your knowledge and your experience and your understanding and your insight. Maybe this is simplistic or obvious, but I suspect not. Here's what I mean. Right now, it, I want you to stop, uh, pause this podcast and say out loud, I am an expert blank or something like, clients hire me because of my extensive expertise in blank. If I did that, it would go something like this. Clients hire me because of my expertise in getting them more leads. How does it feel to call yourself an expert? Is it easy and natural to do so? Or does it cause you to feel all squirmy inside? Does it make you feel self-conscious? Does your internal critic pipe up and say, no, you're not? If any of these things happen, I suspect you're mentally using an absolute measuring stick for judging your own expertise rather than a relative one. And by the way, this is very common in intelligent people like yourself, dear listener. Intelligent people know how much they really don't know. <laughs> and they tend to focus on that, that part that they don't know when they're assessing their own capabilities. And this leads to a lot of self-doubt. But remember, uh, I, or I, would, I would submit to you that expertise is really contextual and relative. So just to use myself as an example, because I'm the one I know the best. If a potential client for me has been doing a really terrible job at generating leads for their business on their own, will hiring me increase or decrease their chances of getting more leads? What if they do a bunch of research, read a bunch of blog articles or attend, you know, a workshop or a webinar that teaches them how to um, generate leads on their own? Would hiring me be a safer bet than the DIY route for them? Let me tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, I do not know everything there is to possibly know about lead generation, but I can pretty confidently say yes to those questions. If we're talking about a client who's been doing a mediocre or a bad job of generating their own leads, I am like 99% confident I can make it better for them. 
But in a different context, like a client who's just killing it in terms of lead generation, uh, the answer would not be yes, or it would be yes with some caveats tacked on. So most importantly, um, if my way of defining expertise was absolute, then I would never call myself an expert ever because you just can't know everything. You can't know everything there is to know. I mean, maybe about some extremely simple subject you could, but uh, about the you know things that <laughs> that we sell our services to deal with, you know, the kind of client, the kind of problems we solve for our clients, you can't know everything ever. And so uh, if you have that absolute measuring stick for defining expertise, you're always going to have that kind of squirmy, self-doubt filled reaction to calling yourself an expert. Another quality of expertise is risk. And when we think about risk or more specifically risk reduction, there's several ways a client can benefit from bringing in an outside expert like you. It may simply, hiring somebody like you may simply be the fastest or most cost-effective way to get something done. Or it may be the only way to get something done uh, because the client just has no capability in the area where you can help. But I'm particularly interested in situations where bringing in an outside expert is the least risky way to get something done. Because I think emphasizing risk risk reduction is a great way for consultants to justify higher rates or fees. So in light of the topic on this of this episode, I, I really tend to think about expertise in terms of how much risk it removes for your client. Just a quick example. Let's say you set up a particular WordPress plugin, and I'm not talking about something simple, but like one of the more complex things, think, you know, membership sites or e-commerce or that kind of thing. Maybe you've set this up a half dozen times. How much more aware are you of that plugin's limitations and potential landmines like conflicts with other plugins, yada, yada? How much more aware are you of those things than someone who's never installed it, like, you know, the client that you're talking to? Or if we kind of tweak the example to talk more a bit about outcomes, uh, if you've used that same WordPress plugin to solve the same problem a half dozen times, how much less is your learning curve going to be on the seventh time? And how much more effective will you be at reaching the project goals than someone who has never used that plugin at all? These are, you know, this is an example of how you can reduce risk for a client. And if you can reduce risk in a way that's meaningful to the client, meaning uh, they care enough to make a decision based on that risk reduction, then I think that you can legitimately say you have expertise and you are an expert in the context of that client, that project, that, that situation, that outcome they're trying to create. So like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is a sort of meditation on expertise. There's other ways to think about it. There's certainly other valid ideas about what it is. But this is how I tend to think about it. And I think thinking about it in this way helps all of us ignore the self-doubt and the internal critic who always pipes up and says, eh, you're not really an expert you don't have any right to call yourself an expert. I think you do if you can achieve meaningful outcomes for a client by applying your skill and knowledge. I would encourage you to maybe think about expertise as a relative thing, defined uh, by the context in which it's applied, and primarily a way to reduce risk for your client. 
I think if you do that, it's going to be easier to talk about your own expertise and use it effectively in your marketing without that, uh, that <clears throat> talkative internal critic uh, shouting you down every time. That's it for this episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. You can find more episodes at consultingpipelinepodcast.com. I'm Philip Morgan, and I hope to see you again next time.